space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Oh, technical problems. Technical issues. Ooh. And Dr. Squee. And I shall make it a threesome. Clear off. Yourself. <laughs> Always, <laughs> as long as my soundboard's working. <laughs> yeah, Dragon Mark Two. Woo! Dragon Mark Two. For anyone listening on the podcast, Ian is wearing a slightly different dragon costume. Well, very different dragon costume. A very different. <laughs> yep. Dr. It's more Oriental, isn't it, with the red? That's it. It's yeah. It's a very different dragon. Yeah, and I, I might just. Pitch the mask up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. This, this one involves a bit more so of a face mask. <laughs> so you can see and we can hear. Yeah, yeah. It's an I can actually see pretty well, but I can see my own kind of like um, nose coming out from the dragon outfit, that's and my the, nose is plenty big enough as it is. That's the joys of being a dragon, you know. You got the big nose. It's it happens. It, does, it doesn't work too badly as a as a sort of like a roof of the head mask. Yeah, it's absolutely. Anyway, we are here to talk about the finale, the season finale, the series finale um, of yeah. Star Trek Picard, entitled we do The have Last a bit of, Like I was say, we do have a little bit of good news, some bad news, and something to really look forward to. Oh, do enlighten us. Yeah, we have bad news. This is the last new Star Trek for eight weeks. We've got an eight-week hiatus. Eight whole weeks? Good news, we've got lots of Dominion War coming up. We have. <laughs> and something to look forward to, our 200th anniversary episode will be the first episode of the new season of Strange New Worlds. See, that was it. When we started this we... podcast all them years ago, we said... <laughs> this will time perfectly for the new yeah, season. and that's it. We were right. We didn't even... We said... We promise to finish the Dominion War arc by 2030. <laughs> I think that's doable. I think we can finish the Dominion War arc before the Dominion War actually starts in real time. <laughs> uh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Could it be. could be touch and go. <laughs> well, if they'd stop oh. making new Star Trek, but they're not at the minute, so... Right then, so this episode, obviously... I can't think of a time as a Star Trek fan where this felt like so much hype for one episode. And it delivered. It really delivered. Yeah. Spoilers, being, we all enjoyed I'm, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, being, I'm not being funny, but I've not even seen any negativity from the fandom menace like no. novel. <gasps> it, it's literally been a universal, everyone has loved it. Yeah, um, I mean, there's two two things to it. Even when they like the things which uh, which I'm going to bring up, like which are like questionable kind of leaps of logic. Even they are sort of like cool movie slash Star Trek tropes, which are kind of enjoyable. Like yeah. you know, they're far fetched, they're a bit ridiculous at times, but even those are good fun. So it's like even when it doesn't 
do everything completely right. It does it in a fun way that you really yeah. don't, you know. It I mean, like, uh, and yeah. there are things that if you wanted to nitpick, you could nitpick. Um, it almost shows that some of these negative YouTube channels have got a bit of an agenda and deliberately pick things to pick at because there's things that you absolutely could pick at and we'll probably cover some of them, but people have chosen not to because it's so entertaining that... And it's been so popular. Mm. Even anything I was nitpicking at, I was crying while I was doing it from how good everything else was. (laughs) Or even, even the moment when I was nitpicking, it was like, yeah, but it was so good, I don't care. Uh, and uh, the other thing was, this came out in the same week as uh, the finale of the Star Wars series, um, The Mandalorian, one of the most popular TV series to come out of uh, of Star Wars. And I've got to say, like, I think I'm not going outside the box to say it eclipsed it. And that's oh, not easy thing to and, and that was a great finale to the series as well. Like, The Mandalorian crushed it. It was this decent. Just it it this won. crushed it, though. I it think, crushed I it. We you... crushed it. I think if the Mandalorian had so if they had both ended the same week, sort of a day after each other, people would be talking about how great the Mandalorian ended. But yeah. because Picard literally nailed it, yeah. so it's made the Mandalorian not seem Yeah, massive uh, eclipse as Facebook users put. It was total eclipse of the wolf. That's all I'm saying. It was. I mean, yeah. And that is a very good point, actually. I had not drawn the comparison to The Mandalorian, but has there ever been a time in popular culture that the buzz has been about Star Trek, not Star Wars, when there's been... Exactly. When there's been a confluence? (laughs) Even though Star Trek is the the main baby for us, usually Star Wars, in in the uh, popular opinion... Does yeah. win. I, I'm not, like, you know, let, let's just call a spade a spade. This yeah, week, we fucking owned it. Absolutely, we did. Uh, yeah. And Sorry, like I'm the, just going to enjoy the like, moment. I'm not dissing Star Wars. I love it. No, I, love I do too, but, it, but it's nice. It's kind of like when you support the underdog me. football team and they do well. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We, we've just had our moment. This was a Star Trek. Uh, I have done for 51 years. <laughs> Yeah, both shows uh, the journey between the main character and their kids. So he says, yeah, absolutely. But Star Trek did it yeah. better. And, and actually, we got a journey with a youngling and their uh, father adopted or otherwise. And Pedro Pascal wasn't the dad. I mean, that's, that's how true. good Star Trek was. Oh, that would have been a good twist at the end of the season. If, <laughs> if they just said, <laughs> if they said, well, Picard, you weren't the father. It was actually, and Pedro Pascal comes on and that's how it finishes yeah, in a freeze frame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's get into no, it then. because I was off to say, do we think this is one of the, and I don't mean in Star, Star Trek, just Star Trek, but the season finales, series finales, this is right up there with anything yeah. of how we, yeah. of how they've wrapped it up. Yeah, my go-tos are usually All Good Things, um, the Cheers finale, MASH finale was one of those record-breaking for, yeah. for our viewers and everything. Uh, those are all up there, and I think this has earned its place in that pantheon. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. I think it has. And I think, speaking more broadly, as a season of TV, I think this holds up as one of the most consistent seasons of a TV show. 
They've barely <laughs> they've barely missed a beat in the whole season, apart from using the same cliffhanger twice, which we were not impressed yeah. with. But that's that's one drop stitch. And watching it back, when you binge watch this, which everyone will, you're not going to notice that. So we'll let them off. But yeah, let's actually dig into the episodes. There's so much to talk about. Um, we. Be- I was only going to say, sorry, just because it doesn't really fit into the episode anywhere to say it. I, the only thing which I think was for me the the missed stitch within this beautiful tapestry was to tie up the. Uh, the Borg and the changelings. I think that was a, a sun change of baddie. Apart from that, that's like, and that's a pretty minor um, qualm considering how good the overall story was. Yeah, I mean, it didn't bother me like it bothered you. I thought that was all we were going to get. Um, but yeah, Zoe says literally only one small loose end. Are you talking about what Squeeze talking about, or do you have a different loose end? Let us know. Put it first, so yeah, probably something different. That'd be good. Yeah, so interesting. The, the opening logo. Then we've had <laughs> we've had the different ships, and all the way through this yeah. season, it's been the Titan. Oh, Laris, yeah, good point, Zoe. Yeah, that's really good. I had that in my notes. Yeah, yeah, we could have we could have checked in with Laris. Have you seen the meme where it's like somebody says, "Oh, the someone's on the hail, Captain," and he says, "Oh, is it Beverly?" And they say, "No, it's your girlfriend, Laris." And then the next picture's in where he's got that eye patch on and the beret from season one is going, no, sorry, this is a wrong number. Tell her I'm not here. I mean, at the end, of, there is a bit in this episode, sorry, just cut ahead a little bit, but it's like there is one bit where he goes, it's like, and I was alone there on the vineyard. It's like, what? I mean, I'm sure she'd love to hear that. Well, I think he was like, talking well, about before I mean, season Laris is one. Just sat, no. Laris is sat on a deck chair in each other on going, where the fuck is it? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> a, like at the end of Airplane where the cab driver's still there and he's like, I'll give him two more minutes and I'm gone. Yeah. Uh, he said yeah. to meet me here on Riser, what the f- <laughs> Yeah, the one year later thing, she's still down there. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the opening logo is the Enterprise D instead of the Titan, and we get this, the logo getting assimilated and everything. I, I don't know if you noticed, um, are, we, are you talking about like the actual thing for Paramount when, for the Star Trek? Yeah, the Star Trek yeah, universe yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, did you place it with the, with the D? He did. He did have a dog. Facebook user says he did have a dog. Yeah, yeah number one. Well, I believe that yeah. was played by his actual dog it is who did it pass is away. By his own dog. So I think canonically we could accept that 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 character passed away, as did the actor. They they didn't want to recast. Which no, I, I yeah, of. yeah, it's not recast it. It was yeah. when a legend of the screen, and that was the best thing in season one, was that dog. You don't recast. It was perfect. No, that's it. There's yeah. only only one number one even though there's no several number ones just in this episode, but we'll get there. <laughs> um, then the episode itself opens with perhaps the most unexpected cameo of the season, the voice yeah. of Walter Koenig as yeah. Anton Chekhov. Now, wasn't that a nice tribute? Yes. Oh, it was beautiful. I mean, like, let's face it, this is a perfect example of giving us what we didn't know we wanted. Like, who was yeah. going, oh, well, what this reading needs is a nod to the original crew and to the Chekhov who sadly passed away. <laughs> yeah. No one was saying that, but when we got it, it was fucking perfect. I mean, Jesus, again, 
I never would have thought to include this. That's how yeah. beautiful. And it showed they are the caretakers, not just of the next generation, but of Star Trek. They are the okay. caretakers of absolutely everything except Deep Space Nine. Yeah, yeah. I know we got the changeling, so I'm not yeah, I'm not on. that bitter about it. I think talking about great finales, the finale of DS9, which we will get to at the end of the um, Dominion War, I think because DS9 is such a good self-contained story and has a proper ending, maybe that's why we don't revisit it as much as we do the other ones. Yeah. Because they, think... they kind of don't want to take the toys out of the box on that one because it was wrapped up, whereas the others what, were yeah. always left... As though they could I continue. Imagine, I would also imagine with this story, the two people who would be apt to reappear, Odo, who sadly, uh, the ex has passed away, Absolutely. and you've got Cisco, who doesn't want to, like, you know, um, uh, Avery Brooks doesn't want to come back. Yeah. So I think that's probably the real reason behind it. Uh, so the, the, I'm not that, bitter about want... the lack of oh. DS9. <laughs> mm. There we go. There, there was a... Uh, there's been talks that they did want more cameos. Yes. Uh, the and literally wouldn't stretch to getting big names. So many yeah. big names. Because that's the thing yeah, you forget. That- you forget in this sort of golden era of telly that we're in where so much money's up there on the screen. You forget that they are a TV show and they are working to a limited budget. You just assume that they'll throw whatever they need at it, but it's yeah. like, no, they had to pick and choose what they could use in this episode to get what yeah. they wanted. I mean, um, there's also two things with that. With the cameos they did pick, they stayed really true to the story. And actually, it might have been that if they'd um, known how well it was going to do, that they could have... They could have probably got a bit Used more a bit cash. more budget, but yeah. they have to go by what Star Trek has historically got viewing-wise. Absolutely. Uh, which is fair. And when Anton Chekhov is giving his um, voiceover, one, he says, stay away from Earth, which is a callback to Star Trek IV and the warning that goes out there. And two, the starscape that it shows is the same as the opening from TNG or from TNG Season 3 onwards, if we're being finicky. Yeah, because I point now in Series 2, you had um, there's this one bit where they're going through the starscape uh, on season two, when they're going to um, the episode, which has got his ancestor like going for the launch, mm. and it looked like the earlier credit sequence. Yes, it did. So, like, and this this starscape looked like, as you say, the latest credit sequence. So they kind of like did both yeah, as well. It's great. It's just it's a little touch that only people who've watched far too much TNG over the time had noticed, but. It's unobtrusive. It's not going to upset anyone. It's not going to put anybody off. It's just a lovely little touch to have in there. So, yeah, and absolutely also, I, lovely. I think they've been watching and listening to some of our comments. because I like, think so. I okay, think... you know what? I, I really wanted a bullshit, a really bullshit line, but we did get a couple of, like, uh, cliches which actually mean nothing, like I mentioned before. So we've got LaForge, space stock rep- repelling the assault, Riker. For now, well, what the fuck did you think I meant? Like, obviously not forever. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it was brilliant, and I, they put it in there just for me. I'm telling you. Yeah, that was good. I think we, well. we're practically credited as co-showrunners with Terry Matalas by this sure. point. So, um, but expect the royalty check through the post very soon. Uh, we'll probably get hit for like import taxes and you know all that oh, stuff. Oh, but never mind. Nice. Um, so. The Borg ship, then, is hiding in Jupiter. 
Now, I think when you go back and... Hide in Jupiter's spot. Hide it, yes. When you go back and re-watch episode nine, I think that's where Jack takes the shuttle. Like, we never see it. Oh, it is. And everyone assumed it was a nebula. <laughs> and Terry Mathelis on Twitter said, it's not a nebula, keep watching. And so, yeah, that was that he was inside Jupiter at that point, and we yeah. just didn't realize. So, and using really Jupiter good. is a bit of a callback because they do use Jupiter quite a lot as the hiding place with the rings. There was a thing on the um, in the movie in the uh, 2009 Star Trek mm-hmm. where they got this this woman who, who uh, is known as Lady Jupiter, she's a, a, a um whatever the um science field is, the astrologer, she's a, a astrophysicist. Astronomer. That's one. Astro- astrologer and being like oh you're a cusp of Jedi okay, okay. be careful <laughs> she's an astrophysicist but she's known as Lady Jupiter and she consulted and they did the starscape around the kind of because they asked her could you hide in Jupiter she said yes and they did the starscape separately and she saw it and she goes no you've got the stars completely wrong and JJ said well, oh god if anyone <laughs> notices okay I'll take all the blame Everyone noticed, everyone complained. And I think this is kind of like a callback to the fact that they do use Jupiter in several Star Trek iterations. Yeah, and you know what? Jupiter's big. You can hide a big, big bog ship in there. Yeah, and what I hope they got the stairs right. What has happened to when... Oh, where uh, the Doctor's inventor was, because he was orbiting Jupiter. Oh, missing. yeah, good point. Uh, all the side. Other side of Jupiter, you just couldn't see it <laughs> yeah. from this vantage point. And You've also got the, 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 the energy which is on the bridge straight from the beginning. It's just the... This is classic Star Trek going into battle. It's classic Next Generation going into battle. Mm-hmm. It feels like best of both worlds. Like, this could have been a scene in best of both worlds. That, it could. That kind of energy they had going. And yeah, it's so good to just see them on the bridge acting as a crew. Everyone's gone back to their what? positions. What you've got is there's how many of them is there seven seven yeah so there's seven of them who are controlling the enterprise why did it need over a thousand crew members and children good question to work (laughs) well you see you can just rig things to go from the bridge or a joystick if you need to it's fine yeah you can Um, i mean that's it didn't need all of them (laughs) they helped the mission like if they'd have been told to go on a they weren't doing any science, were they? This is pre. I'm sorry, the Enterprise D is pre Amstrad. It hasn't got a joystick. That's true. Can I just say, Elliot, you just missed such a trick there. You said there's seven on the bridge. If you include Raffi and seven, they are seven of nine. Oh, there we go. But then we have have Jack as well. Oh, shut the fuck up. I knew you were going to say that. You nipped me. But I do have a nice seven of nine Easter egg if you. No, save it for the end if it's the no, same quickly. one I've heard. In fact, Jack is not uh, in Starfleet at this time, so my joke totally works. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yes, everyone else. Everyone else just did carpets. Yep, that was a full-time job. Um, yeah, so when this bog ship came out, we were doing like a watch along and I was occasionally commenting on it, but mainly just had my eyes glued to the screen. And I was like, that is a big bog ship. And obviously we find out the reason why the bog ship is so big. Uh, I'm talking outside of the fiction. The reason why the bog ship is so big is because we want to do Return of the Jedi at the end. And I have no problem with this whatsoever. (laughs) I've said for years, 
the best space battle ever put on screen is the finale of Return of the Jedi. And if you're going to rip something off for a, a space battle, do the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So I have no issue with this. And it was so cool. And uh, <coughs> we've also got a line here just before we go into that. There is a line which Picard says, which he's not only talking to the crew, but it's one of those classic lines where he's talking to everyone at home. Mm-hmm. What began 35 years ago ends tonight. God... And and I, I want to know how you guys transported tears into my eyes because you know, I wasn't crying, it was you guys. And what this is more of a happenstance than uh, something that was intended, I think. But obviously everyone will have seen this on the internet. The people have looked at the air date of Encounter of Farpoint and the air date of this and it's just over 35 years, which is lovely. Do but- you honestly think... That that was a mistake no, that they put that line in. Was it Hella's I think it, I think it was because I no. because this was delayed due to COVID and it was filmed back to back and everything. And I think had it not been for COVID, this would have aired earlier than it did and it, they might not might have not, made that cut off. It might not have had that line in it. <laughs> that's what yeah, it depends when it was written, yeah. yeah. If they knew what the air date was going to be when they wrote it, okay, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, I reckon I, I reckon it's just too much of a coincidence I, otherwise. I, I, I think it's far too much of a coincidence. Okay. Not to, I'm not being funny, but there's so many things that are so precise, how they're planned with things that they say that if you look at it, Bloody Ellen. Yeah. With these little Easter eggs, there's no way that he said what began 35 years ago ends tonight is any just that lucky coincidence. That all right, I'll give you that. No, Jim, you're like the Kirk of this mission. When uh, the, the the Spock and the McCoy of this mission agree, you know that it's okay, going to be right. I'll, I'll well, hold the occasions where me and Admiral agree, it is fact. That's I it. agree. Fine, you're right. I was thinking too. <laughs> I was thinking too non-emotionally. I wasn't getting invested enough. <laughs> um, like when you talk about the Borg ship, can we just talk about a bit about this new Enterprise that they've done? What the Enterprise yeah. D? Uh, yeah, and. Um, like the CGI model that they created. Yeah, it's how awesome. really This is some of the finest CGI, not just in Star Trek, but I mean, anything you'll see how they've done it. Like, when you get it coming onto you, it's how they've lit it. You, some of the, because they've done different lighting for rooms, it makes it more real. It does. You have a fly pass yeah. where you see into the ready room. You can see the yes. bloody... Um, his little display, the one that's like me, like behind me. I don't know if you can see it in this. Yeah, the, the, the top shelf. <laughs> the golden enterprises. Yeah, yeah, you can see it. Um, there's little touches like we hear that Georgie had been repairing the circles. It was drawn from the Saracos, and on one of the pylons, it still has the name of the Saracos. Really. Why did yeah. notice that? Yeah, there's the name of the Saracos on one of the pylons still, and there's panels missing, and all sorts, because he's still repairing the ship, and the co- colour contrast is different between the two halves. Right. It isn't. You've got the colour of the Saracos and the colour of the Enterprise. See, it's why the drive section looks a bit strange how with its uh, Aztec in. Wow. 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't even notice it looks that really is so phenomenal like, uh, the, the attention to detail. detail. This is yeah. why we go to Elliot for the ships. But uh, <laughs> I just like to add to that. It's also not just the the detail we see, but it's just the way they shoot it, like in ways we've never seen before. Yeah, and of course, the CGI allows for that. But it's just to see new ships, the shots of the Enterprise D. How many times have we seen that ship, and they find new ways of, of filming it, of lighting well, it, of yeah. well, also because like. When Next Gen was being filmed in uh, Generations, it was still a physical model. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So there's, little, there's shots they couldn't so, get. Yeah, so uh, that's right. That was actually why it was scrapped in Generations. Yeah. It was scrapped so they could get a new ship, which was the Enterprise E, and it was so they could film the model easier. Yeah. Because yeah. Had, with the big saucer, it had limitations what you yeah. could do. But now they've got it on a CGI model, you can do all sorts of things you couldn't do before. Absolutely, yeah. You can be a lot more dynamic with it. Um, Which I also would, would again, uh, just because of these shots, I would like to, to just uh, refresh my objection to it being called fat. It's wide, not fat. It's a wide ship. It is a wide ship, yeah. It's big boned. Yeah, um, it is. And that obviously adds so much more to like at the start of the season them having them jokes and everything about the Enterprise D and they must have been pissing themselves when they're like, yeah, you're going to get it by the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely love it. And we all thought we were going to get the E and the F, didn't we? We did. <laughs> There's one thing I've, I've got a slight question about on the, uh, because we get the Earth's defences obviously getting battered by the fleet. Mm-hmm. Like, this is one which, for me, I think, and I was wondering if you guys agreed, does come under the sort of movie magic heading of how long do Earth's defences last against the entire Starfleet, which they claim. I know we've uh, said that some ships aren't exact, there. But... Exactly oh. as long as the need to. Yeah, exactly, to exactly. <laughs> yeah, so you guys agree with me, because, like, I know, our, I'm not, obviously, Earth's like, defences have funny, to be pretty but, good. But I'm not being sake, funny, that's... but if you watch anything that has this sort of trope to it it lasts as, exactly as long as it needs to for the hero, heroes oh, yeah, to pull it off in the last minute <laughs> I'll, I'll bring up one from later just to put them together because there's so much to cover in this episode but it's like later on where they say it's like right we're going to target all the major cities on earth but we're going to name them all first and we're not going to fire straight away because reasons like the, the would have fired the shit out of us in three seconds <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, that, that's... But it is. It, it comes into that hero trope thing again, doesn't it? Where of course it does. Got, yeah. Like, like the thing is, you're assuming because it's in it's on telly, and they say we're going to fire in all the cities. Uh, that then what's happening on the board cube is happening after. But what you don't know is because of the magic of telly, what's happening on the board cube has already started. So the all they f- all meet at the same point. I, I think ah. what you mean is space magic. But, we, but luckily, <laughs> they're, they're giving us a full screen effect, so we haven't got to watch on split screen like 24, so we see umpteen things happening at I, once. I'm sorry, but horseshit. Like, the second that they're naming cities, they'd be firing at the cities. Like, and also, they named three, three, I count them, three American cities. Does London get a fucking shout-out? Does it, Boris? Do you know, do you know where does it get targeted? London. Island. No, Nowhere, on, yeah. no island is not targeted when, when you see the map. Because you see on the map, you can see there's parts of England oh, okay. and Scotland, oh. but Ireland does not get targeted. So, when the <laughs> Borg attack, 
Get yourself to Ireland, you'll be safe. There and you go. Do you know go. why they didn't fire an island? Because bloody Biden, he had a word with them. <laughs> bloody loves Ireland, doesn't he? Very good. Um, yeah, so Seven and Rafi are retaking the Titan quite easy. Um, they did need a tea break before they attacked. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not sorry. Earl Grey. Oh, no, it's not sorry. That, that's because of the remnants of Picard. That's exactly. They've then. picked that up from Picard. <laughs> um, so I think they take back the Titan. Again, if we're being picky, fairly easily. Why did no other ships do this? Because there, there are older people on the other ships as well. Yeah. And they yeah, just go, right. Also no, yeah, but Seven was Borg, has been Borg, so she knows Borg tactics. Okay. And also maybe the frequency by Most which they are transported. An lunatic. Yes, she has. That's true. <laughs> also, this was a lovely twist on Scooby-Doo. Those kids, they would have got away with it if it wasn't for you pesky adults. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy that even in the midst of all this, they give us this little funny character moment where this guy was like, no, I'm a cook. And it's like, nope, you're the helmsman now. Well, that Imagine. was uh, straight out of Steven Seagal, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I was say, did anyone pick up? That was obviously yeah. a call back to Under Siege. Yeah. <laughs> I would have thought you would have picked that one up straight I'm, away, Jim. I'm just a cook. Not the biggest Steven Seagal fan, I have to say. Well, not these days myself, by the way, just to make it no, clear. No, like Russian sympathiser. <laughs> but yeah, back in the day. And when Data is talking about the bog, he says, like, I hate them. And I think a bit of law comes out there a little bit in the way he delivers the line. And I really like how there's these subtle hints that the other personalities are well, in we saw, there. We saw that last week, didn't we, with the I Hope We Die soon? Yeah. Or I Hope We Die Quick. Yeah, there's little bits of law coming in now and again, but Data's definitely in control of them. But yeah. Yeah, You see, I didn't consider law what I was thinking, but I, that makes total sense. Is I was thinking the way he was talking about it was like a child. So it's like the fact that he's new to all these emotions, uh, as data at least, I felt like it was like going, I hate them, I want to kill them. It was sort of like childlike, but I thought in a really nice way. I think you know, there's a bit of that as well, but it's also Maybe like... before think, with the childlike yeah, innocence. I think he's got... I think I think Brent Spiner is playing a great thing here where he's playing, <laughs> he's playing data, but with a new twist and taking on bits mm. of the other... Ca- characters he's played as well at the same time <clears throat> so many it's really clever and the the other thing must be as well like from data's point of view and uh, this is probably why he needs so much counseling but we'll we'll get to that but he must now have all these memories of all these things that have happened but for the first time apart from in generations and his emotion chip but we'll gloss over that because they did yeah um he's now can have an emotional reaction to them so it's not just like here's the bog here's what they're doing now it's like oh here's the bog this is what they did to my captain this is what they did that time and you know so it must be overwhelming but to all he's of also a got, he's also got lot but he's also going to have lots of emotions <laughs> and from Dave's point of view he's going to think that was awful i i uh set out to get the um people on our colony um my home planet yeah. killed by the Chris Lentity. I uh, I mutilated all these Borg. I, yeah. I did this, I did... Yeah, so Law he's also got have. that as well. Law must like, have a I bit can... of a different take on the Borg. Like, ah, they were quite good as henchmen for a while, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't give you that, like, in that moment, and 
it was just it, it's such a wonderful like in front because you can see law you can see it before even maybe in there you can see data struggling with new emotions i think all of them are correct because he's just played it that well that you can see all those mm -hmm. sources coming out uh, he talked um in the interview thing that i shared with you guys the other week he talked about how like he would not allow himself to go to bed until at least he had some uh, read on the character and he could read it without the script there and it's that kind of prep which you can see in every performance yeah. in the series. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, can we also go, while we're on the bridge there, can we also go to Worf and Riker? Because is it just me, or have they become the Waldorf and Statler from the Very Muppets, much like the so. two old guys of, uh, of Star Trek Next Generation? Yeah. And I'm here for it. I love it. They're, yeah. they're, their chemistry is amazing now. And yeah. They're obviously mates. But they've obviously developed this thing where they take the piss out yeah, of each other. That's yeah, that's it. Because I, I thought you might be going towards a one point, which I didn't want. I'm glad they didn't go towards. I thought you were going to go to them bickering over Troy a little bit, which I'm glad yeah. they glossed over. No, they I'm had a little bit of a joke about it. Yeah, and they had enough say it was a bit of a joke. But um, that's yeah, what's taking the piss out of Riker, I think. Mm. Yeah. And obviously so this is where we get, this is where we get Worf's threesome line, which we paid tribute to. I, I I have to give credit. It was uh, Elliot's idea to do that. So uh, it was. Yeah. Well, well, Jim always uh, introduces you third in the show, and to not have used that line tonight yeah. would have been it have been a sin. <laughs> it, it would have. It would have. It was perfectly done, and and perfect uh, debut for the dragon suit while we're at it. Come on. There we Come go. On. <laughs> and then this is where the episode decides that it really, really, really wants you to think someone's going to die because we get Picard looking at the bridge one last time and saying what an honour it's been to serve with everyone. And that's just the first beat in this, uh, yeah. this recurring also, yeah, thing. That's the thing. They don't... Like, you do have every scene you want to see of them saying goodbye, but it doesn't put everything on one scene. So he says goodbye on the bridge to, mm. to that portion of the crew. He goes a bit further with uh, with Worf and Riker. Says goodbye to them separately. Like they all get their little moments, and it's it, it's they pull the taffy on it. It doesn't feel incomplete in any way. No, it everyone's doesn't. there on the bridge still, no. but he gets two goodbyes in one, and then yeah. you get about five other goodbyes, all of which feel completely organic. Like this uh, whole episode like, could have felt overended. Like the the Lord of the Rings films, I love them, but that last one, you get about ten different endings, and you only really need one. This one. It justifies every ending. It I feel like it did as well. Yeah. I like, yeah. Yeah, I've lost my train of thought. feel like, oh, you know, talking <laughs> about the, the multiple endings, it's like this is the end of a 10-hour story, which is the end of a three-season series, which is a sequel to a seven-season series. They're allowed, four movies. And four <laughs> movies. They're allowed 20 minutes to wrap it up. It's, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of ground to cover there. Yeah, well, I, I don't know about you, but I tend to look at how long an episode or something is. Yeah. At the start, and, like, there's a point on this, and I'm sort of like, it's only 35 minutes in, they've pretty much done everything. Yeah, we do, with the the resolution <laughs> to was, the action. And then it was like, no, I have actually no problem with this. Yeah, the resolution <laughs> yeah, to the it? action is 40 minutes in, and... It, it is a difficult thing because you don't you don't want to overstay your welcome, but you don't want the audience to feel shortchanged. Like the end of Voyager being a really good example, 
it finishes literally as they get back to the Alpha Quadrant, and it's like, no, we needed more no, than that. We um, needed. Well, we've 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 discussed that, haven't we? Yeah, we have at length, so we won't. But I was just using it as a comparison yeah, it is, to this. It's a great example. It needed another half an episode or another full episode. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know a lot of people bailed on this series a, a lot before the end, um, and I know I mentioned before, so I'll just make it brief. But yeah, with the uh, ending to Supergirl, they had a, like a, a plot per series and at the end of the the series the last one they kind of wrapped up the plot in the first 10 minutes and yeah. the rest was agonizing going through every I've just watched the end. I've only just watched the end of Supergirl I so I know exactly what you mean Mm-hmm. They, they and it was all about like it was so co- like you know this shows you how you can do something heartwarming in a really nice way in mm-hmm. that one it's all like it no, i'm not i'm not saving day i'm empowering everyone else to save themselves no i want a fucking superhero to save people you're a fucking superhero yeah. save people it's what you're meant to do <laughs> yeah it's your job you are useless without it. i don't care what you say at the end of the well you get a new supergirl in the flash film so maybe maybe that'll do yeah, it a bit. oh sorry more, sorry the Batman film. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, you're getting a new <laughs> Supergirl in Batman 3 featuring The oh, Flash. Yeah. It's, it's you must be more like she could be Power Girl. Maybe, I'm just yeah. going to quickly say is, that. that it was Supergirl, but from an alternate reality. Yeah. And by the way, that version of Supergirl was great for about five series. It was just the last mm-hmm. one, which yeah. I find it. Yeah. So then we get the goodbyes to Riker and Worf, and I, I do wish... Picard had just said, I love you, Will, instead of going, oh, Riker, you know the thing. Oh, don't worry, I know the thing. It's like, oh, come on. You're meant to be 25th century guys. Like, yeah. just actually say it anyway. But, but what, one thing he did say, though, is like, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, I'm, I've got to, uh, it, it means so much to me. And he was saying that he's got to go be a father. Yes, that's a brilliant line. The fact that he said those words to him. And he says it to Beverly, doesn't he? It's like, you raised him, now let me save him. Yeah, Yeah, which is lovely because a lot of this, I will still say, even the end of it, doesn't make much sense that Bev doesn't go over there. Like, you know, throughout this series, because it's Picard, we ignore the fact that Bev's his mum who's raised him all this time. I've mentioned it before, I won't go into too much. And you've still got that here, but it's like, they do so much right. I, I just don't care. I, I want to give it to, to Picard, so I, I don't have a Yeah, absolutely. Besides, yeah. Beverly needs to stay on board to fire all the weapons. Um, <laughs> and he will, he, here we were, though. You bitches crying again and beating the tears over to me. Would you fucking stop doing that once again? <laughs> and I, then... I was a hot mess. But but there were t- Sorry, just very quickly. There's two things which Worf says. Or one thing which he says, he goes, two turns of phrase a clear one never admits to, to knowing. Defeat and farewell. And as I was weeping, I was going, so, but those aren't phrases, they're just words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're not phrases, either of them. <laughs> Again, I don't care, but it still <laughs> makes no sense. Yeah, it does make no sense. Um, <laughs> then we get Jacutus, and I love how <laughs> chilling it is, the fact that they've done the same makeup for, like... Yeah, they've given him his dad's makeup. And you imagine that's the Borg Queen going, if Picard does turn up to save him, I'm going to do this just to upset him even more. I'm going to fuck with him. (laughs) Yeah. I'll even say, because, right, Lakutus, and hopefully this still works for them and used it for a while, but Lakutus. Oh. Oh. There we go. 
We're getting copyright strike now from Patrick Stewart. Okay, I'll just shut up now. Oh, I can't quote. No, he's still going. Yeah, um, but the reason <laughs> I play that is because they gave uh, Vox uh, some different lines. I, I thought it was good that because the place he was coming from and for him it was about being alone that he was worried about. Because even though he's had his mum, he has ostensibly been alone in the universe, kind of travelling, trying to just um, triage life more than mm. live it. And his lines as, as Vox reflected that. So he's going, it's like, no one has to be alone. You know, he's going, it's like, uh, you will not be alone anymore. Yeah. You're not, like, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't just parrot Lacutus's lines. He's got his own... No, own that's it. And, and that ties into Except the whole, good. like, the Borg's modus operandi's changed. Like, it's acknowledged that the Queen, the collective, has died to all intents and purposes. And the Queen is well, just cannibalizing well, what's left to keep her alive well this sort of like um it it references the end game from voyagers because yeah, it, it says you left us diseased and broken yeah. and oh and there's also the lines because she goes uh you now you watch your futures yes his first contact yeah. and Picard offers himself to the Borg Queen, which he already did before, and she already said no. He's starting yeah. to sound a bit thirsty, quite Yeah, he's starting to get... He no, should get used to the rejection. I'm, I'm it's not like being she preferred there as she Yeah, I know she's a bit... Uh, messed up here in this episode. Zombie but let's be But let's be fair, in first contact, she was hot. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and it, actually, I've got a um, question for you guys, because... Uh, friend of I mentioned before from Star Trek Hampshire, uh, Michaela Short, no relation. Uh, she said that uh, she was questioning if it was like an animatronic as the zombie ball queen. I think it might be. I was really watching for no, it. No, it wasn't. Time. There's a person no, in there. Not, because she it's wasn't a, there. No, it's, um, it's an actress called uh, Jane Seymour. Not the Jane Seymour. No relation. Another Jane Seymour who's played the part, but it's been voiced by Alicia. Uh, yeah, because I know Alice Krug um, is the voice Alice, and sorry. she's not there physically. But yeah, um, I was kind of curious because if you look, like the eyes are blacked out. Uh, you've got the everything. It could have been animatronic. It would have cost a fortune. It's, but... uh, there's a there's a lot of makeup. I imagine there. that the Ooh. actress that they got is probably something of a contortionist because. The that's the head's there, it. but the body isn't, and so I imagine like that's why they had uh, to get someone, suit. someone to uh, do the know, performance because they'd have to get into a very weird position to do it. Yeah. Um, okay, now let's go back to slightly nitpicky stuff. So the Borg have planted this idea about this fleet synchronization, blah blah, and they use it to take over. But it's based on line of sight. So yes. if they're invisible, <laughs> Thank you. they can't yeah. get us. Like Also, yeah, let's throw in as well, really. they're, using, they're using a, and I've kind of worked this out roughly because I know it's in the movies. For They've the got a laser point. Where is it? We're in the movies for the original series because you're H. in um, Star Trek Four for the cloak, but you've got the added time of since the next generation. So basically, you're looking at hundred year old cloak, roughly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they don't have, with all the uh, clones they've assimilated, a way to get around <laughs> that cloak. How many strike ones <laughs> do they have at that before they actually manage to hit them? I, well, because they're, they're trying to saying. anticipate where it is. Out, they're using algorithms and. Yeah, but like, well, to be fair, like. In next generation, we see it when with the Romulan fleet coming in, uh, 
They just use the tachyon. Yeah, they do. They have a tachyon net. Um, but but it doesn't. Go on. No, no, it's fine. No, again, it's it's a bit of movie magic. You kind of suspend your disbelief. That's fine. But also, it was the bit where Rafi, where um, seven and nine goes like. Uh, also, you know, Rafi says it's registry one seven zero one D, and it takes seven and nine to tell her that that's the Enterprise. Yeah, like She's she fucking was, Starfleet. She was <laughs> she also Picard's first officer. Yes, she you actually she served. She served with him on board the ship. You never go. Oh, like. This shit that I really pined over and I had all my friends on, he never once mentioned it to her. Yeah. And that retreat and, is legendary. And, and the flagship of the of Starfleet is still the Enterprise F. So the flagship, it's been a flagship right through forever. forever. A long, long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. weird. But Seven gets to give a stirring speech, which is great. You know what? Oh, She'd good. make a good captain if she can pull out a speech <laughs> like this. Maybe that's something to think about. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I had no problem with the... As, as, as more ridiculous it is, as it is, that uh, one cloaked ship and they can defeat it for ages and they got so many runs. I had less of a problem with that than the, the, her not knowing the registry of the Enterprise. I think Emma's nailed this. Go on. Ah, yeah, the chef flying the ship, that's it. He was doing it like yeah. he were cooking sushi or something, so it was just all over the place. <laughs> now, what I want to talk about, and th this this is difficult, cause this, this is a seriously traumatic moment for Worf, and I don't feel that they dwell on it enough, and I think it's only people like us who really think about it will pick up on this. When the Borg wake up, Worf has to do something that he swore he would never do again and he headbutts a Borg and I wish we'd have had a little flashback in Worf's mind to that time when he played that football game and he went to head the ball and he accidentally killed the lad. He's, he's finally just gone back into it. He's gone, the Borg's going to kill me. I'm going to have to go back to the one move that I swore I would never I'm do. I'm going to have to play that's a pretty good just and he does it and I would have liked just just the camera just to focus on Wolf's face and we just hear the sound of the football crowd here. cheering and he's like I'm sorry and he has to do it again and then you get as if he scored a goal that would have been good because I've got to I've got to also say it was nice to just have one more scene of Worf being a badass, yes. just in battle uh, with a sword, which then later on turns out to well, have a fucking face well, in it, which it is get, brilliant. Like you get, it does get shot a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a good job. That it, it's a, like, oh, I don't it's, care. It's a, it's a really good job that the Queen's sucking so much power from the Borg yeah. that the faces were only on a low setting. Oh, yeah, the, the, the thing which I forgot to mention as well, the, the thing which makes this sort of all um, believable that the Enterprise D for its age can still go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Borg Cube is because they do say it's on 35% energy or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's a really nice touch because it's it's just thrown away in there. But for anyone who's later going, it's like, yeah, but how's the Enterprise D going to be able to do that? Like, in its prime, it couldn't do that to a Borg Cube because it's on such low power. It's just, yeah. it's a small line, which it's the thing I always say, just put a fucking line in and you can justify anything pretty yeah. much. And now, right, I know I've already said that it's Return of the Jedi and I have no problem with it, but there's, there's homage and then there's, 
Come on, we're taking the mick a little bit here. No, can we do Beverly first? Well, that's what yeah. I'm going to talk about because oh, it's okay, we need to take out those turrets. Like what? Oh, you mean like the Death Stars lasers that it had that they had to but, take out? But but our targeting. I haven't fixed the targeting computers yet. Oh right, manually. I have to do it manually. Absolutely. Also, we got to throw out that uh, Elliot just um, gave me a flashback to when I was watching this as a kid. I was thinking, like, I do Bev first, then I go for Troy afterwards. <laughs> the main event. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was that was me as a kid. That was me as a kid. I don't think that now, people. Come on, I'm more enlightened than now. But yeah, of course you are. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it did seem not at all. But that's not the point. Uh, but it did make total sense, though, because, yeah, Bev has been out there on her own for 20 years. Of course she's going to have picked up combat. Yes, yeah, absolutely, it's, 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 and it's a nice yeah. moment. And I, I did... A bit, that she's so... And everyone's shocked by it. It's like, uh-huh. But it's an example of how they peppered in the humour so well in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, you know, this has been a criticism that's been levelled at some of the recent Marvel films, is that they go for the joke, and it it can sometimes feel like, here's the joke, and it can bring yeah. you out of it, whereas this doesn't, this, it feels this, this organic. Is, it, it's all paced. It's, I, I don't think there's anything in this, there's no jokes in this episode which feel like they don't no. take yeah. it. Um, no, it's all paced. That's, that's what's yeah. nice. It, it's, that's why it's such a good episode. Yeah. It's such a good season for now. Like I said before, it's up there with anything. And then Data, so we get oh, yeah. we get this lovely moment with Data where he's just like, I can feel it, I can do it. And it's again, it's, in my gut. it's that human side of Data and everything, and this feels like a bit of a callback to Star Trek Four, where Spock, where they say, Spock, you have to make your best guess, kind of thing. It just felt a little yeah. bit... Yeah. I love the fact there was also, it was Geordie who was saying, it's like, no, we, you can't. This is ridiculous. And he, he has, like, th- those two looking each other in the eye, and they're just going, I've got this. And Jordy believing him because it's his best friend. Of yeah. Course he believes and him. also, everybody's going to die if you don't take a chance on it. So no, there, is <laughs> there is an added yeah. incentive. Yeah. But, <laughs> and but... it was like, um, it, it was sort of like, um, yeah, it's when he goes, he's got this, and he goes, here goes nothing, and Troy's there with, like, what, what, what do, do you mean, mean nothing? nothing? <laughs> oh, sorry, what, what, what does he say? Just, can you just tell us what he says again? Here goes nothing. Here goes nothing. Is that not what Lando Calrissian says before they fly into the centre of the second Death Star? I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you though, with that phrase, it's fucking used everywhere. It is used everywhere. But how many times is it used when you're about to fly into the centre of an enemy battle station to knock out the main reactor, thus causing a chain reaction right, which right, destroys the whole ship? Name a third time that's ever happened and then I'll give you the point. Okay. I mean, I think the the moment that they went too far was when Nee Num was sat next to him and went, the members of them are? I was like, okay, come on. I got it when he said, here goes nothing. You don't have to well, do that. Straight after that, you've got Troy. Why am I sensing enjoyment? That's just, a good line. It was the goofiness of the grin on uh, Data. It's just perfect. Yeah, so it makes what the, the the gravitas of the fact that Troy can sense Data's emotions. That that is a that, huge moment. Well, this was also this was the um, 
the best example of how they use Troy's powers well. Yes. Like there's some moments where you point back to in the next generation where they just underused her and misused mm -hmm. her or her powers didn't she really make very sense. Badly she was written for a lot of the time in next Whereas she this was. is how you use her powers well. Like and she, yeah. Also, another quite a good callback is to that awful car chase scene in Nemesis, but Data says to Picard, why is it that humans get so much pleasure out of driving at insane velocity, velocities and <laughs> yeah. then Data does it and gets pleasure from it, so... It's just the look on his face, he's beaming, isn't it? Yeah. It's right. yeah. Why am I sensing immense enjoyment? <laughs> And you shouldn't be sensing enjoyment from any of the crew at this stand. You should all be petrified. But, like, yeah. I, I could do... Uh, so many actors could do a million takes and never come up with that facial expression. That yeah. is pure Brent Spiner. It's kind of like... It's like I've said before, I love the fact that he's allowed to really give a huge acting performance here, which sometimes he wasn't written... No, 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 I mean, that's the, the nature generation. of the, the role, well, but, yeah. Well, well I role, think he, he knows... Meant to give emotion, was he? But I... No, but what I'm saying is that... I think that uh, he also knew that he had to give callbacks to things that Data did in the series and ways he acted in the series. Oh, and yeah. I kind of like Spiner at his goofy best. Like, mm. like there's something very enjoyable about Masks, no matter how shit it is, for how large that performance is. And you get a bit of Spiner magic in the kind of goofiness. You it's do. Great. Absolutely. Um, then we get to the more serious stuff then. I love the bit with... Can I just mention something on the bridge? Yeah. That... I don't know if you've noticed, but the control panels, and and this goes back to before Encounter at Firepoint while they were still in pre-production, and Andrew Prober, who was massively involved in designing the Enterprise D originally, said that it should have um, coffee holders on the bridge. Oh, right. On the contrast. And they, like, obviously they went, no, we're not doing that. And there's actually a graphic on here that they show one of the panels, and it's a uh, black with uh, two silhouettes of co coffee cups. Ah, oh, excellent! <laughs> and you know, a little Easter egg to that from Andrew Probert from the yeah. And, and you know where that comes in in the in the import um, explanation is that Janeway, when she got back from the uh, Delta Quadrant and got promoted, she did an edict that all ships will be fitted with coffee holders, <laughs> even the ones we don't use anymore. Yeah, she got it retroactively fitted. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the more serious stuff then. So there's a lovely bit with Riker where he says, you know, he's been there for me my whole life. The least I can give him is a minute, which I just thought. I, that I wrote was it down wonderful. exactly, Troy. Troy, you have a minute at most. Riker, I own a lifetime. At least I can spare us a minute. Brilliant. Yeah. Perfect range. Shakespearean even. Yeah. Is that good? Absolutely. Can we just point out Data's flying, though? Yeah. Badass. Return of the Jedi hits the sides. Matrix. Nezakamezi, however you pronounce it. Yeah. Hits the sides. Data in the Enterprise D. Not a fucking scratch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. So Data wins in flying down yeah. very small trenches in big ships. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to be fair, this is probably approaching a kilometre wide trench. Yeah, but compared, <laughs> it's all comparative. If your ship's <laughs> a thousand feet long... Yeah, belay that yeah. order. I can't leave him. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it, yeah. All this was just tugging on the heartstrings. You're like somebody's gonna die. 
There was a deleted scene as well, which just after Data uh, lands the ship in the middle, or doesn't land, but he stops the ship in the middle of the Borg cube, where he goes like, right, fire up the holodeck, get out the hologram of Tasha Yar, I'm going for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, true, Fully but functional. oh. And then, yeah, the the emotional climax of the episode then. So we get Picard logs himself back into the bog. He allows oh, himself to be reassimilated to save his son, which is just fantastic and, stuff. And then using those, um, those scenes from uh, First Contact, which retroactively get scenes from uh, Wolf. Best of both worlds, like they, yeah. They, yeah. It just perfectly tied it all together. And because those were shot cinematically, it looked really good as well on the screen. It was just, it was so nice. Yeah, it was brilliant. And I think I I said this when we were chatting about this earlier in in the week, but it is a love saves the day ending. It's basically the love between a father and a son. But you know what? They earned it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that line as well, Zoe. Yeah, yeah, there was a moment was nice. today I was worried we might actually survive. Yeah, there's, nice. a, there's a there's a nice part as well in the the other wolf line just after he's been. I was going to get that by, by Borg. So they hit behind the console, and Riker goes pick up his sword, and he goes no in the hilt, and pulls out the phaser, and he goes, "He had a phaser all along." Yeah. Sorts of fun. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. It's, it's nice to see Worf able to enjoy himself, which he wasn't yeah. previously. But also, <laughs> practically, the Borg quickly adapt to phaser frequencies. You can't adapt to a sword getting yeah. wrapped around your head, so... I mean, I'd also say, though, that there is a line which he gives, uh, and I think we could tie, again, these scenes together just for time reasons but he goes it is a fine day indeed to die with honor it's like come on you could have just had today is a good day to die why not just use the line use the line i think he's already said that so he's having to use variations of it Uh, earlier in the season i'm pretty sure they said it he said it when he pretended to die yeah oh i still i would i would have loved it in that moment i think that's when you say that line yeah true um, you're saying about the the thing which saves the day is um, that father and son moment. It's that mixed with Riker uh, saying goodbye to Troy and his son. Yes, you know, you've got going to be with son. You've, you've got before you've got before that on the bridge in the going. We've got to destroy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all that, and and then and and he looks to Beverly. Georgia looks to Beverly, and she and she thinks. And it's the sun that's going to be blown up as well. Yeah. She nods her head, yeah, do it. I think, yeah, though, I'm that's... Saying... She's lost Wesley, <laughs> who, even though he can travel through all time and space, has never made the effort, apart oh, from a, uh, Riker's wedding, to I've come let his mum know that he's OK. I've got an answer to that. Uh, he said... And but she was that pissed she's forgotten. <laughs> apparently, Will Reaton wrote this into a comic, which he wrote for mm. uh, the Star Trek comics. Uh, the justification that he gave on the Ready Room show was that um, when he, you become a traveller, part of it is to distance yourself from your previous life because you're pulling yourself back then where you have a bigger mission. So you're actually trying to do the right thing by those you love. Except you can back. come back for like weddings. Yeah, yeah, except for like, weddings. Like I say, he came back for the wedding in Nemesis, but Beverly got so pissed she forgot she saw her son again and still thinks that he died. That's it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. lost him. <laughs> and the main, main point um, is the, the, the two moments which we do get, which are, yeah, as I say, it's like it's um, 
the father son moment and Riker saying goodbye. So it's like it's all about heart and emotion. It is. Yeah. I like it when Star Trek does Star Trek. Like it's not trying to be anything even close to Star Wars, which is fine. Like Star Wars should do Star Wars. Star Trek should always have the emotion. Star Trek's pretty much doing Star Wars here. We, we've got oh, that yeah, Star no, Wars no, moment coming. In, 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 oh, in the space fair, world, the, the, the is... shows the day isn't them. I know, I know. But to be fair, to be fair, Star Trek pretty much nailed Star Wars. Yes, it did. Yes. Star Wars nailed Star Trek. <laughs> Going back to the moment with Geordie and Beverly briefly, I feel like that is... Geordie just extending a little moment of grace to Beverly because he's destroying that, whatever she does. If she just shook her head, he's still doing it. But he's giving her that little moment to acknowledge her and let her let her say yes, but that was gonna happen either way, and I think Beverly yeah. knows that as well, but it's nice just to give her a moment a, to a reflect. Moment to go, yeah, I know we have to. <clears throat> yeah. There's no option here. So Riker then saying, I love you in Zadi and I'll be waiting with our son. And this is when we get the Empire Strikes Back Princess Leia moment where all of a sudden she can sense where they are through the Force. I mean, through her Beta Z empathic abilities. I and, think that's more of a force. <laughs> and they get, they get to go back and, and pick him up, so that's I really nice. I, I, had, I, I, had no, I had no problem with this, and I didn't even... I didn't either, but it did occur to me it was this, very much... I, I just think, how it, how it, she's empathic, we know this, and they're very much in love. And she can feel where he is in Yes, this. no, I'm, I, I'm absolutely because happy with the mechanics not, of it. And I think it's a lovely use. I think it's a lovely use of Deanna. Um, I think it's the best use of her powers we've ever seen. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's it's first what I was saying. It's like she gets to save. She gets to be part of the solution. Everyone gets to be part of the solution. Everyone is. is. Yeah, you you could have destroyed the ball cube, but you can only save everyone by everyone doing their bit. Absolutely. Yeah, it is very well written to include it, which none of the TNG films nailed, particularly no. with Deanna and Beverly, who were just grossly underserved in them oh, films. Oh, God, yeah. Um, there's a, another comment from... Well, sorry, Picard to Jack about how... <laughs> sorry, Picard talks to Jack about how uh, it is to grow up feeling different and separate. Greatest mental health chat of all time. Yeah, and, yeah, and again, brilliant. that's what I'm talking about. It fits perfectly, and... Again, they have the moment, and it was to me, it's just a moment where it's not about winning, it's not about coming out of it, it's about, well, okay, if you're gonna die here, I'm gonna die with you. So. Yeah, that's the turning point, is when he, he when Jack realizes that he would stay with him, that's where it is. Yeah. And the amount you two were making me cry at that moment, Jesus Christ, I, know, I mean, shocking. <laughs> then. So everybody's saved. They get back to the bridge. I love that when Jack turns up on the bridge, he no longer has the implant. So I imagine that's Picard being being a dad and going, you are not going to see your mother with this shit in your face. Come on. And he's just ragged it all off of him. <laughs> he's like licking a hanky and wiping the bridge. Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> Absolutely shocking. Yeah, Troy did an excellent handbrake turn. She did do, yes, she did do... And we get a view of the Enterprise that is 
And I don't think we've ever seen the Enterprise D on screen from this angle. I don't before. think we have, because yeah, that's where the shaft was on the thing that, thing that held yeah. the model up. It was so. because of do previous stuff. Yeah, we've definitely not seen this before. And also, Zoe, can you imagine how Troy would, and also Marina Sirtis would never have heard the end of it if she crashed the D oh, again? Oh, yeah, can you imagine? That would have been really good. Um, but, yes, yeah, she redeems her flying, I suppose. And then, yeah, um, Worf falls asleep, which is a great breaking the tension moment of humour after <laughs> yeah. everything. Did you see the meme where they um, superimposed him on Bernie Sanders' yes. Yes. head? There was a meme which went around for anyone who didn't catch it. Was He was um, like there with a blankie over him yeah. at some inauguration or something. <laughs> and yet had him kind of like... Yeah, great. Just yeah. a great use of Worf to break the tension with a joke. And again, a joke that works. Um, and also, they, they, there was uh, quite a wordless um, moment between the whole crew yes, and the bridge there. Brilliant. Where they just put hands on each other, like, not like that. Uh, they just look at each other, like Troy and, um, sorry, Troy and Riker, you've got uh, Geordi and Data. Like, they're all in their little yeah, couple, yeah. if you like. Uh, yeah, no, it was just excellent. You do, do get the lovely graphic of the Enterprise bursting out the bog. Yes. Mm. It's got, and it's got the flames around it, which is exactly Return of Jedi. Yeah, it's very much like the Millennium Falcon, but, in fact. But, but you can actually see the shields on the... You can. Working. Yeah, and I, I like also that. mark this as our first of the goodbyes, because we are yeah. saying goodbye to them all on the ship in action. It's, it's yeah. the first thing we yeah. say goodbye to, is that, that in the And episode. did everyone spot the next shot that we get when Riker's doing his captain's log, is the Titan and the Enterprise. And yes! It, yes! And it's it's filmed and lit in the exact way, yeah, Undiscovered Country, where it's the Excelsior yeah. and the Enterprise. So Enterprise. just Yeah, and that's a, that's a perfect handover as well for what we are pretty sure is going to be Star Trek Legacy yeah. coming up. And then we talked about how certain cameos couldn't be done for budget. If you can't do your cameo because of the budget, at least change the dialogue. Um, so we get Riker saying, everyone from the lowest rank to the very highest, and this is clearly meant to be Janeway, but instead we get Captain Tuvok. Like, he's clearly well, alluding to the fact that this is meant to be an admiral. And you, that were meant to be Janeway. That scene was written yeah, for Janeway. So no, no, to fair be, play. To be fair, um, they maybe could. To be, I don't know. I I think they could have got Janeway because Janeway's already on Prodigy. Uh, apparently, they asked. Yeah. They asked if they could, and they couldn't. But but there's also the thing that um, Jerry Ryan and Janeway. I know they've made up now, but they had serious fallouts. They were yes. Janeway was quite. Uh, well, Catherine Mulder was quite bitchy Mulgrew. to Jerry Mulgrew. Yeah. When she first came on. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because she saw another female was taking over as the primary. Which totally I, did happen, so you can see where she was Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. Well, they were set against each other. There was a wonderful piece uh, a friend of mine, um, Rob Lloyd, put online. Uh, and it was breaking down how kind of like uh, Jerry Ryan's journey through Star Trek to, to where she's at yeah. now and how she was put on there as just uh, the blonde TNA and yeah. it was just totally exploitative. And she, through her amazing acting, as someone who's never done acting before, she was a model before that, yeah. and she'd blown it all away and she'd kind of like justified her place. But it's kind of like you say, understandable that Kate Mulgrew wasn't happy that she's worked her ass off and like, Roger all these years and then like, they, they eclipse her. Kind of like Jerry, it wasn't Jerry fair Ryan, on either of them. 
Joe Ryan, to be fair, and Kate Milgrew are now very good friends. Yeah. yeah. This is something from, uh, like, the first couple of years Jerry Ryan joined. But that's got to be very awkward to be working in that situation. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of behind-the-scenes stories from various Star Treks about how it's not not the utopia of the Federation, necessarily. <laughs> Can I also tell you as well, this also justifies what I got. Like, I, I mean, I was very happy to see Changeling Tuvok, mm-hmm. but we actually see Tuvok. Like, yeah. until we saw him here, we haven't seen Tuvok. Yeah, we so that's it. So Tim Russ actually gets paid now because real Tuvok is here. So oh, shut up. Fine. I know he gets paid. I know the difference between an actor and a character. Right? I don't. Was, I said uh, I didn't back on that episode. So now Tim <laughs> Russ has appeared. Um, and we get the cameo from Shaw, which is very nice. Turns out he didn't hate Seven as much as we thought, and he wanted to promote it before the even even the start of the season. The second that she offered up her her, um, resignation, I could have written down the whole scene, but it's still satisfying. It doesn't matter. It's still nice to see it. And also, I'll throw in that it's really nice to show that uh, no matter what Seven's done, no matter how far she's become, uh, how how far she's come, you still can get that imposter. Syndrome, and that's exactly yeah. what she she had in that moment. I think. No, absolutely. And then we get mega happy ending two. Raffi's son wants her to meet his gra- her granddaughter finally, and it turns out because Worf accidentally leaked the footage of Raffi helping save the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, and how many medals she's got for saving yeah. the galaxy, and how many times she saved the galaxy. <laughs> and I would like to say that it should be uh, uh, on the day, may it be far off when Worf and indeed Michael Dorn pass away, that they have on his tombstone an honourable maverick and a good friend. Yes. <laughs> like, doesn't um, that just sum him up in those, well, in those last few moments? I, I was... <laughs> and just the, the fact that he hugs her as well, like, yeah, that he's... I was just about go. to say that, but... Um, yeah. Never got in there before either of us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll even throw in that that you've got that... I, I, Perhaps been switching down on Rafi over the last three series, but in this moment, I was so glad she didn't die. I think they finally gave her something really decent. I wasn't ever against the actress. I think she's done no. an awful job, but they've written for her very poorly over the last three yeah. series. And and it's been the strongest this series, but I still she's been the one who's been most changeable, depending on what role they wanted to fill at any given time. Yeah, yeah, they've, and they've, they've, they've like it's actually. To, like us watching it, she's sort of like being all over the place as a character. But from her point of view, because they've thrown so many, we wanted to be this this week. Yeah, oh yeah. No, you know this this week, and she's actually played what they want. She has absolutely play. no not so well, what I was going to say is the fact that over three series they have played the on again, off again of uh, Raffi and Seven. They're always bickering, and it and it. She was a mechanic for Seven. She wasn't her own. No, character. she was. Yeah. And here she got her agency. She got to be with Wolf. She got to have yeah. that whole storyline. So in that last moment, I fucking loved her character. It works. Yeah. yeah. Should have been that all the way through. <laughs> it does, and it, it's nice that war when Worf appreciates someone so much that he does something like that for them and then hugs them, that says it all. Absolutely. Because Worf is not a hugger. Now, the data scene I wasn't as keen on because, like Zoe pointed out, we have a good statement on mental health. We've seen Troy using the powers well, being much better written. 
And then we get this scene where she's essentially playing on the phone while she's meant to be doing a counselling session. And I know he it's has kind of... run by an hour. I know he, he has. has been going every day and doing I, this. I know that, <laughs> but... And then Riker making a joke of it when he turns up as well. I just don't like... I get that it's played for a joke, but it... Nah, I'm just not that yeah, much of a fan I, I was of in that. two minds. It does show her as a bad counsellor, which I think they actually did a really good job of showing her actually being a really good counsellor in the series. So it yeah. kind of undermines that. She should have the boundaries to say, no, the hour's over. Yeah. Like, yeah. A, a good counsellor has to do that. And this yeah, is the problem with living in a money-free society, because if this was now, the counsellor would go, well, you're about to go over, you can stay, but it'll cost you. Whereas yeah. if, it, if it's all provided for free... Um, no, no, even then, you, you see, put boundaries the problem in place. That she's you don't got here the time. Is that, is that we've already had, there's been a, the time jump. No, we're about to get that. Well, we've not had the time jump. The time yet. jumps now. After the data scene, we jump to a year later. Yep. Because right. it, in that time, they... Because there's still only this... There's still only the seven of them on the Enterprise... Oh, eight of them, because they've got Jack now on the Enterprise state. Well, if you remember... So, if, if Data's been turning up every day for, we assume, weeks and overrunning by an hour, how long is it taking them to get from Jupiter to Earth and get to the state? <laughs> <laughs> well, are they... Have they lost impulse power? <laughs> are they on the We don't really know, to be fair. We, we, we're not entirely sure where they <laughs> are, I think. Really, yeah, I didn't think really it was on the Enterprise D. I reckon they, they went on a victory tour on the Enterprise D and that's what took a year. They do right. refer to in that that he's been coming for, I'm pretty sure they say weeks. And I, yeah. I didn't think, I didn't take as being on the Enterprise. I thought they were in her... Uh, I took it as wherever they're, they're based no, normally. I got, the, I got the impression that they're on a ship because it looks like a ship's corridor outside. They could well be on a ship, but whether it's the... And I thought it looked like it could be the Enterprise thing. See, it's, it's part of the victory tour. They're, they're literally, they're having to go every Federation planet in the whole Federation to go and go, hello, we saved the galaxy again. Also, how much did it cost to put those sets back together? Come on, <laughs> like they're going to use them. Even if it's meant to be somewhere else, they're going... No, no, this is just a um, themed uh, counselling room, which looks like Enterprise D. I honestly got the feeling that Troy was treating him like data from next gen. Previous data. Not, previous data, not taking yeah. into account that he, he's actually now got a synthetic humanoid body. That's it, and he's got and feelings he's also, now. He's, he's also comes. got... He's got feelings, and he's also got three new personalities merged into him. Yeah, you could easily upset him, and you know what? If you upset Data and Law comes yeah. back out, that's not going to be good, everybody. I, I agree with uh, Emma here. Data does deserve a better He purpose. does. Troy, Troy needs to stick to hollow addiction. She's good at that. Uh, I, th I think we've done justice to the scene, though. It's okay. just we've got quite a bit left to count. Yeah, we have. So the year later, the Enterprise D joins the museum, which is why I think they did a victory tour. And this is it's the... It's also finished now. The victory tour has. No, no, the Enterprise D is now oh, finished. Oh, that's it, yeah. Because ah. no, if you look at it now... It no longer has the missing panels on the nacelles. Right, the so what's happened here is it's it's taken... That, and, it's, and it's now also 
all the uniform colour. Right, so they've invited... What's happened is Geordie's spent another year finishing it and he's invited them two back to do the final switch-off kind of thing. No, it's in... The all just hung about with him for a year. Oh, and fair enough. Well, he's fixed it. Fair enough, yeah. I, I just love the three of them on the bridge there. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. Like, again, this is another goodbye. We're saying goodbye to the ship altogether. We get Major Parrot's voice as the computer. Yeah, and Riker yeah, says, I missed that voice. This is also a lovely... Elliot? But it was also a lovely call back to um, Encounter at Farpoint when McCoy, when McCoy says, yeah. can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you lost because... me. We lost you for a second. I was saying, it's a lovely callback. McCoy says to encounter a far point when McCoy comes on board and he's talking to Dave and he goes, Look after her and she'll always bring you home. Yeah. And they say that at the end, she always brought us home. And they and, also have this great line a... by. Oh. Go on. So I was just going to say, we got uh, the lovely line from Breaker. Um, they're talking about what their lives might have been without it. It's like. Mm. Different, certainly, but certainly not better. Uh, just just a lovely play on words, like with certainly and certainly, and just, just so well done. Yeah, and so, that, so, so also, well done. that's kind of an acknowledgement of the actors, like, where would we have been without Star Trek? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, there's well, so many times when they're not just talking to yeah. each other, they're talking to us at home. And I think they're also saying to us, it's like, yeah, we would have been different without this show. Quite potentially... Yeah, oh, yeah. Which I uh, watched growing up influenced me massively in the type of person I wanted to be. Doctor is a prime example, so Star Trek. And the next generation was our one growing up. And it's Absolutely. so true. Like, you know, we'd be different, but certainly not better without this show. No. No, absolutely not. I mean, without this show, you might not be set, sat here dressed as a dragon, broadcasting a podcast on the internet, <laughs> you know, and Sorry, that would have been a crime. Sorry, dressed as a dragon. Oh, sorry, sorry. I might not have removed my human skin to yeah, reveal my dragon might. glory beneath. I'm sorry. Come on, now. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. I, I've just, I've just shed, a, shed a bit of my green skin, and the, the reds come out. Yeah. Okay, so Jack is going to his new ship, and he makes a joke about nepotism. We'll talk about that again in a minute. It's a family Picard. It's a family Picard. It is. Though. It's a family like, trip. I don't get the feeling that, that Admiral uh, Picard and uh, Admiral Crusher. Yeah, yeah and she, they're not. They're she not was happily She was. You don't. You don't need them to be a couple, but having that moment where they're there as a family, yeah. which is the first time and only uh, time it's we like, see that, uh, I think it's just beautiful. Like, Dad, do you want to bring my, my stepmom, Laris, to see me on the ship? Absolutely not. Do not speak <laughs> her name again. I do like how uh, I do like the play on lines though, where it's a bit of nepotism. And Picard goes, no, names have very little yes. to do with it. And then people. obviously... And it we, just plays nicely. Yeah, and we well, get the reveal that the Titan has been renamed the Enterprise G, and all of a sudden you're like, you absolute bastards, you tricked us with it. We, we, you promised us a new Enterprise, and we've been looking at it all season, and you knew you were going to do it, and you got me. That's why it was a Neo-Constitution <laughs> class. It just brilliantly done. Yep, that is all true. Sorry, uh, Squee is the dragon version of Hot Wheels color change. Oh, yeah. in water, he changes color. He'll be green again when he cools down later. That might just happen. Oh, uh, but, uh, the fun I, with that? First of all, you've got the reaction from Patrick Stewart and yeah. just like the look on his face. But I did write a little yeah. something just for this moment because we've got to acknowledge through this series what we've seen. Yeah. 
so we first saw the first saw the the first enterprise which ever was launched. Next, annexed, and annexed was the OGA. Ah, see what you're doing. Um, then we got balls deep on the D. Wolf dropped an E, and we got F'd. And in the end, it was nothing but a G thing. Thank Absolutely. You, you. <laughs> so, and that will be available on our YouTube channel to buy. Um, and the T-shirt. And the T-shirt, yeah. No, I mean, it's just... It, it's never not going to get you as a Star Trek fan the reveal of the registry of a new Enterprise. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's always going to get you. And you know what? It was beautiful when it was the Titan, but it is absolutely stunning now it's Gorgeous the Enterprise. Stuff. Yeah. And even the lines and what they say <laughs> about their relationship. So, like, there's this, like, tenderness between uh, Bev and uh, Jean-Luc. You've mm. got when Jack's pacing and they're kind of being a bit playful about that and he goes... What, you thought I was nervous for me. I'm nervous for you. And it's like he is talking to him as you talk to a dad. Yeah, absolutely. And that was just and so he, and he calls without him, saying it, you said it. He calls him son. He says, I'm very proud of you, son. And yeah, you're like, and he, finally. And and Jack refers to him as his dad as well. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, just great. Experience. And then we get on the thing, and this is where nepotism comes in. <laughs> where am I going to be? Oh, you're the special advisor to the captain. Oh, after after you go straight for the captain's seat. Yeah, which, which that's a funny moment, but then it's like, oh, no, it, you know. Well, it, he does throw some orders about as well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah which is all funny, <laughs> but it's like, okay, so, yeah, the, the son of two admirals gets given the third <laughs> seat on the Enterprise. Okay, I mm, I think there might well, be a bit of things. nepotism. I'd like, to throw, I'd like to throw in a few things from this. First of all, the fact that he goes for the captain's seat feels a bit like a callback to uh, 2009 Star Trek. Yes, it does. With with uh, Kirk. Yeah. And, and he is a Kirkified um, Picard, Definitely. which is perfect. You've got uh, Seven and Raffi as number one, which is kind of cute little interplay, but I hope they either have them not as a couple or as mm -hmm. a stable couple. You cannot yeah. again well, no, play that. You can't, you can't play. Are they, will they, won't they, are they, like, are they? I would love to see it as a stable couple and have a situation where the captain and the first officer disagree, but then show them going back home together at the end of the day and it, and it them keeping the professional divorce from the personal and yeah, just show that coffee. they can do that. That would be brilliant. And uh, what you were saying about Jack being the uh, special counsel to the captain... I really liked it. I mean, like you are right about the episode. I like stuff, it. But yes, it, it perfectly lines it up that he is an ensign, which is like I'm glad they didn't make him a high rank straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he's, but he's in a position where he can be in the plots in the main. Yeah, and you've also got it so that if you say set the series beginning like Legacy a year later, you could have him probably till attend. There's no reason. Yeah, you could get a little bit. Uh, it's you mean he's like, going to get promoted to like Harry? Oh, yeah. burn. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> legacy, you're writing the opening line to your legacy. Hashtag Star oh. Trek legacy. Throw it out there. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> being funny, but how much of this is keen up? Of course it is. That we've all heard about Star Trek legacy. I'm not being funny, but would they have allowed Terry Mathless to use Enterprise G for a one-minute end scene. Yeah. 
This is totally lined up. But it's happening. I think it's only in case it didn't get good viewing figures. I think they're pretty on, pretty much on a safe bet with this. It's absolutely know happening. Wait for Star Trek Vegas or whatever it is. The the announcement is coming. I'm absolutely yeah. sure I'm, of I'm it. Not, I'm not being funny, but Jack goes, "What are you gonna say? This will be your legacy." <laughs> I mean, the only thing I would say is like they use it very in a very cute way, and obviously you want to keep your powder dry on what uh, Seven of Minds Command um, prompt is. You do you comply. do want to say that in series? What paint comply? <laughs> but one thing I would say is that I do hope when we do get to next seri new series because you've got that same joke in uh, the trailer for Strange World series two. You've done it previously with Discovery. Can we not just have and a with thing lower be decks, a thing? Which Lower yeah, Decks but, is the only one that should yeah. have done that joke. Yeah, because they're a piss take one. But like, and again, they used it well here, but I just want them to actually be a bridge crew who follows a little bit to I'm sorry, I like the fact that they care about each other, but on the bridge, I do want a captain to be a captain, not to be like mm. uh, having all these cutesy moments all the time. And can I just say, before Legacy gets screenlit, I know the bridge crew better than I know Discoveries. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> and they seem emotionally capable of running a ship, unlike Discovery. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, again, I'm going to say this again. I'm sorry, but the fact that they have uh, Captain um, Burnham crying on the bridge. I'm sorry, but you have to keep your shit together when you're the captain. You do that in your ready room with your first officer. That's yeah. the way you do it. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, I agree with everything everybody said. Um, and again, it's just a great moment. We we get to leave. Um, we get to leave space dock and everything. Um, yeah. Oh, great. that's a good point. Facebook users put I blame the mushrooms. Uh, They're all high. Which mushrooms are you on? Uh, which mushrooms are you on about, Emma? <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. It's like the, the spore drive. Mushrooms or silly The spore drive. The spore drive. I think kicks out loads of stuff into the atmosphere of the ship, which they don't realise. It's making them all high. That's why they. Yeah, they're all a bit tired and emotional. Um, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. So we go back to ten forward then, and Guinan is mentioned as being there but not on screen. Oh. Whoopi Goldberg, a little bit too expensive. Wolf talks yeah. about doing Megato meditation, which the Megato is that big one with big arm. And the, it's the white thing. So, so that, again, it's a funny line <laughs> for Trekkies because anyone else who hears it will just go, eh, okay. But when we hear like it, we go, that just, sounds very funny. I just like how Riker turns to try and goes... It'd be too easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you get Data having a call back again to Farpoint where he starts on a barrel of Yeah, uh, it was actually <laughs> naked now, but, but near enough. Naked now. Um, yeah, right. Picard's toast then. It, it gives us a Shakespeare quote and it's, it's broadly appropriate. He's talking about being swept up on a tide and if you don't take your opportunities, you'll be lesser people. But this is... A scene where Brutus from Julius Caesar is trying to convince Cassius to assassinate Caesar and he uses this to think. So, just a bit of context, Jean Luc. It sounds impressive, but I'm not sure it, it was quite right for the moment. Jim, you're ignorant slut. I'm sorry, but I've got to, I've got to school you here. And that was a callback to Saturday Night Live for anyone who didn't recognize it anyway. But there is a. Um, uh, when he's talking to Q and he quotes Shakespeare and he says, 
what uh, what he says in um, in jest, I say in reality. Yeah. Like he's talking about uh, how noble man is. He's done the same here. He's taken what said in jest. <laughs> it's a callback to a room with Q. I'm from just Jerry's saying he could have picked a more suitable. Patrick Stewart is a Shakespearean actor. He is, so they should have consulted with him and said, is this quote appropriate? Because anyone else who's read Shakespeare is there going, is he saying he's gonna he wants us to help him assassinate someone like No, I'm I'm saying that that um Picard himself, the character, has a history of taking Shakespeare quotes and putting them in a different light, which is exemplified in the Yes, but when he did that with Q, it worked. Whereas this it works if you divorce it completely from the context in which it exists in Julius Caesar. Anyway, minor minor uh, gripe. I would also throw out. Um, I I've, I've joked about like we're, we're playing Enterprise Bingo here of like the moments which we wanted to see. The only one which I didn't get was Picard in uniform, but I, I'm not sore about that. It, it's fine. Yeah. But when he pulls out the card, I'm like. Fuck, why did I not think of the yeah. poker game? Why did it not occur to me that that's something we needed? And it was and, just there and, and just and, and, and how do you end the next generation yeah. of the poker game? And you also give a contrast to the poker and, game which he and, plays with them and, at the end of all the things where he is uh, standoffish and here he's having fun with them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and not one of us are complaining to use the same nope. ending again. <laughs> and I'd also no, that's it, and it's perfect. <laughs> It, well, you, it is the perfect ending to the next gen credit. Yeah. And did you also notice where, where before they go to the um, credits? Did you notice what the last line is, which is audible before it goes to the music? Something Jordy says. All right, here we go. Excellent. As the last line, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. It's just beautiful. It means you know they 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 still continue on. And the um, fact that we we spend the whole credits just watching them play poker, it's oh, it's just uh, lovely. Uh, you can even uh, hear the, just, the chips clanging uh, and some them. <laughs> Yeah, and the only thing I think it missed, and I, I, I think it's probably because of Screen Actors Guild rules. Is that I would have liked to have seen them do the same thing with the signatures that they did in Star Trek Six, uh, but I suspect I the reason you can't do that is because it had to be listed in the order that it was. So you you had to have Patrick Stewart and then the other regulars, which were Raffi Seven and Jack and Shaw. Um, you didn't have to. Yeah, yeah, I know we do. I think you do. There's a priority in TV that yeah, you, you've got yeah, to display them it, in a certain it's way. Di- it's different <coughs> movies. Than- and then oh, it comes okay. on to the special guest stars, so they couldn't have gone from Patrick Stewart to Jonathan Frakes. Um, so I suspect maybe that's why... They, you know, or maybe they just didn't want to do it, which is fair enough, but I, I love that. It was so good Avengers Endgame stole it, so... There, there was also some lovely moments which they, they threw in there as well where um, it felt like a family games night. So you've got Wolf getting sore when he loses, like they're all having a big laugh, and it just it felt like you and your mates or you and your family oh, yeah. a card game like that. It, yeah, it was just so... It was lovely. And, and we all know that the only play for counties because money doesn't exist. There you go. And... Yeah, well, probably for Romy and yeah, and then that's it. That's that's the end. That's us done. Off we yeah, go. Yeah. Oh wait a minute! There was there's a post credit scene. <laughs> Nicely done. Nice. 
I actually fell oh, for that. I was like, "Is it that Chris Lambert accident?" So there's there's a post credit scene, and it's only <laughs> on this crew and ship that we're never going to see again. Definitely not getting their own series. And Q appears to Jack and says that his trial is only beginning. And might I say, I fucking call this because when Rio said, oh, I guess time's a funny thing. Yeah. And Q goes, so it is. And I said, that sounded like it's a very pointed line the way he says that. That's going to get called back at some point. Yeah. Where the fuck Absolutely. This is a call back to that line. Now, my theory on this is that... He said that it was... It did... It, we all forgot this, but he did say that it was in... Back-to-back, it was filming in both Yeah, um, Jack pointed that out. Our friend Jack um, pointed that out, and he said all the way through this episode, he was expecting Q to appear because John Delancey had said that so long ago. Um, now, my theory is that... Um, because we know Picard and Q are really good friends now, I think this is just them two having a laugh. Like, they're just sat around having a drink going, <laughs> now, do you remember, Q? What, what I want you to do? I want you to appear to Jack, tell him he's on trial for all of humanity. Do you remember that time you stranded us on a planet with these animal things and you had Wesley stabbed with a big spear? What? Do something like that to Jack. That'll be funny. Do do that one. How about... Oh, trap his ship in that big fence thing again. Yeah, that's it. We, we need to make him grow up a bit quicker. Come on. And then Picard goes, and speaking of growing up quicker, uh, why don't you, when he's on the bridge, uh, suddenly seven of nine and Rafi's clothes fall off and uh, they try to cover themselves up, but it's too late because Jack, he's already seen everything. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. I think this is Uncle Q having a bit of a laugh at his dad's behest. Do you think he'll, call, he'll, he'll uh, make him call him Uncle Q? I think he should. <laughs> well, I, I, just to sort of like uh, go for the theories of, of legacy, I think uh, they are going to play this so there is going to be like a little bit Uncle Q. So as opposed to where he was pretty damn antagonistic to uh, Picard, which I think he's still going to beat him, but I think there's always going to be a more clear lesson which he's teaching yeah. Jack to moving forward. I think Legacy is going to, like, Jack is going to be a pretty major force, and we're going to, like, a lot of it's going to be following his journey through Starfleet, uh, much the way Burnham starts off in lower ranking. Yeah, I like, think so. And I think they've picked a really good actor for it. I think he's done absolutely so wonderfully. Yeah, Q Ooh. Jr. should show up. Um, or and he actually is Q Jr. He is, and it's and it's Qua. That's how, that's how it's written in the books. Is um, little Q is written as a lowercase Q, which I really enjoy. I think that's a, a lovely touch. Can I ask you guys before we wrap things up? Um, so it's been kind of teased that um, Patrick Stewart, even though none of them want to come back for, for the TV show, or, you know, they've said they might cameo, but they don't yeah, want to yeah. come back for a, another series of TV. Yeah. But Patrick Stewart has said he might be up for a film. For my liking, I don't think I want one, though. I think no, this is wrapped up perfectly. I think I, it will ruin it. What do I you honestly think? think that they have nailed yeah. the ending of the next year. You know how, like, Undiscovered <laughs> Country was the perfect ending to the original series? This has been the perfect ending to the next gen. It has. And my theory is, if they came back, they would do what they did with Only Fallen Sources. They had the perfect yeah. ending. Then they had three episodes, which were good. They weren't bad. 
they just weren't the ending. The you ending can, was yeah. time on our hands. You can only have a perfect ending to a story once. Um, yeah. And, yeah, they, leave it. Leave it. I don't mind seeing yeah. them in cameos, but... Yeah, that... in cameos, in an episode, one of them guest starring for an episode. Yeah. But... No problem. Jack going and visiting his dad and they go off and yeah. visit Laris. This is my uh, bit on the side, aside from your mum. Yeah. Yeah. Because Jack's a bit of a lad. Jack's a bit of a lad. So. He's a Jack the lad, you there. know. Oh, that'd be good if he met Laris and she was like, have we met before? And shh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, uh, the way I see it is... Th- that crew's story is done. They they may yeah. feature in other people's stories, but it's not their story anymore. Yes, they, they've handed the bat on. That's yeah. it. Leave them where they yeah. are. And in fact, I think you see the the beginning of um, of legacy could quite. Uh, easily be and it would work perfectly because you can get the handovers with most of the series at the beginning of that it's it's Picard handing over to his son like you get him saying goodbye to him just yeah it's going back. little cameo where, where you get that you get that little bit that the shot in the same time they were shooting season two and three where Picard and Beverly are on the ship and they say bye to him yeah yeah well I, I think I Again, I'm going to guess that we get a time jump before the... I think we uh, will, yeah. I think we'll be yeah, a year yeah. into the mission. After the Shakedown cruise, they're yeah, going yeah, on a, yeah. a real mission. For the and that time, means yeah. you can change out some of the bit part actors if you want and, you know, if you need to. So there's plenty of scope. But, yes, I think it was yesterday was the day that Star Trek fans decided to invade the internet, but... Yeah, hashtag Star Trek Legacy, hashtag Terry Mathis, uh, what, whatever. I'm, I'm, it's happening. I'm not being funny, but season two of Discovery, <laughs> the fans went, we want a Captain Pike show. Yeah. What did, we, what did, what got dropped? Yeah. Section 31 went on a massive back burner. I know we're getting a movie now for Michelle Yeoh, but that went on a huge back burner and Strange New Worlds was streamlined because that's what the fans want the fans want legacy uh, have you heard anyone going i want an academy show not for about 20 years no exactly <laughs> so what is paramount paramount is going to go with what the people want to ah, so make them both i'm happy with both i'm happy with both but if they've got to make a choice of one of the oh other, yeah if they had to make a would, choice we go, want legacy sorry we are, we're postponing the Academy for another 20 years. Fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've waited long enough for Academy. We, we want we Legacy now. We want Legacy. <laughs> anyway, yeah, absolutely wonderful. It's been wonderful talking about it. I think we yeah, should probably uh, wrap up because we're running very yeah. long. <laughs> I, I just want to say, uh, I know we've still got quite a few people watching, so I just want to say thank you to everyone who has stuck with us. Absolutely. It's a very long episode because there was a lot in this. And we yeah, we were never going to be in and out in an hour for this one, I'm afraid. But anyway, uh, if we will be back to the Dominion. I want a Tribble spin-off. Yes, absolutely. Um, we'll be back to the Dominion War next week, finally. Um, unless... Are we finally doing in Purgatory's Shadow? We are doing in Purgatory's Shadow and by Inferno's Light. Inferno's Light. If you want to get in touch with us, retrekpod at gmail.com. 
at RetrekPod on Twitter. Uh, check out Elliot's Retrek Studios, Retrek Model Studios. I'm Sh- building the Ferengi Shuttle. Ferengi Shuttle, <laughs> which will be featured in DS9, which we will be talking about next week. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we're on all the socials and everything like that. Dr. Squee, what have we got? Uh, it's Richard Ashton, a uh, interview which I did with him a few weeks ago is going out on the radio show, Dr. Squee Show, uh, Tuesday 6 to 8, sw20radio.co.uk, or check us out on YouTube with all the video uh, interviews, um, youtube.com slash Dr. Squee. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. And we will, yeah, We instead of our usual sign-out, we will all say our new catchphrase, which is, of course, 